I don't know about you. I'm not a tzaddik. You might be. Slight suspicion that you aren't, not because you're a bad person, but because there are very few tzaddikim in a generation as we started exploring. And the truth is, it's not much of an aspiration. If we're not born to be a tzaddik, as he's going to explore in chapter 27, the two types of pleasures God gets. He gets the pleasure of a tzaddik, and he gets the pleasure from all of us in our struggles. So there's nothing actually derogatory by saying, I'm not a tzaddik. But it's important to understand what a tzaddik is. As we said yesterday, you know, to be a fashionable person today, it's hard to say that there are certain kinds of people that don't struggle. But there is such a thing. There's a thing that some of the great sages, they, whatever they do, they're vehicles of Hashem. In the words of Kabbalah, they're a merkava, they're a chariot for Hashem. And allow Hashem to accomplish what He needs to accomplish through them. And they are people called B'nai Aliyah, people of great stature. And there's two reasons why they're called B'nai Aliyah. Number one, because they transform everything in this world to godliness. There's no nothing in this world that is not touched by their incredible holiness and transform. And the other reason is because Aliyah means going up. And they are the highest level of going up because their agenda is not for themselves. Their agenda is just to give Hashem Nachas, just for Hashem's sake. Could you imagine living without any personal agenda? There's nothing there. But simply like a child, that all they want is that their father and mother should be happy with them. And they'll give anything for the parents. So too the tzaddik is totally what Hashem wants. It's absolutely what Hashem wants. What matters to him and not what matters to the tzaddik. The tzaddik is the one that, like Moshe Rabbeinu, who didn't want to become a leader. He didn't want to do the Exodus. I'm not a person of words, but ultimately he gives himself over to the cause without any selfish gain. On the contrary, absolute suffering. The tzaddik is a person that has no personal agenda. The second they know that something is God's will, they go run towards it with absolute gusto and dedication and do it with their whole mind. Now, as we said, there's two levels of a tzaddik. There's the complete tzaddik and the incomplete tzaddik. The incomplete tzaddik is somebody who doesn't struggle with darkness, but the darkness is still there. It's just in a comatose state. And the, the higher level of tzaddik is someone that transformed it. So now that we have the highest two levels of a tzaddik, tomorrow we're going to start exploring... And we're actually going to do it in just in one session. We'll explore the Russia, the two levels of Russia. And what does it mean a Russia that's good for him, a Russia that's bad for him? Obviously, again, it's not percentage-wise what percent of mitzvahs they do and what percent of averus they do. It's something much more profound. And what we're going to discover is that most of us, pretty much all of us, are in the level of a Russia who is good. Doesn't mean we're evil people but it means that, according to Tanya's definition, we're a Russia that's good. However, in chapter 12, then, he's going to encourage us and going to set the bar of why we should all try to upgrade ourselves from level 2 out of 5 to level 3. Level 4 and 5, the levels of a tzaddik, are inaccessible. So we could kind of take them out of our vocabulary. He'll say later on in the chapter that by some miracle, sometimes people get upgraded to a tzaddik, 
but level four and five is not in our realm. Level one, the ultimate Russia, is not in, is pretty much not in our realm of anybody we know, or most people we know. So we're all grappling. We're all in a Russia that's a good. Obviously, that itself has a gazillion categories. Trying to aspire to be a Bainani. So let's explore the Russia tomorrow and the Bainani the following day.